Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Bob Stoffer joining you from Tampa, Florida. The Oilers and the Tampa Bay Lightning tomorrow night. Royal Pizza, pizza past, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. For a menu and a list of 15 Edmonton and area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The staff recommendation at Royal Pizza is the Mediterranean Chicken. Brennan Escott, fan of the Texan. We are going to head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline and be joined by our Oilers Now headliner today, Rob Brown. Our headliner, brought to you daily by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk. That's W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Hello, Rob. How you doing? Hi, well, I'm doing good. Not as well as you sitting in Florida, but I'm doing all right. Yes, I'm sulking. Well, not sulking. I'm whining a bit because I may have known as uh, there's something called AC Lung. And anytime you're not used, to, you come from a dry climate and go to a humid climate, and then you got air conditioning in the in the room. I find I get a little bit of a chest cold thing, sort of uh, like Dave Killer Carlson. You know what I mean? And I, I do, but it, you do know that we don't use air conditioning up here at this time of year, so nobody listening is going to feel that sorry for you. There's no empathy whatsoever. Uh, what's <laughs> no. it like? You tell me. Like, I mean, I know what it's like from a broadcaster's perspective to come down here. And, I mean, it, especially <laughs> during this COVID time. I mean, it is a completely different world down here. What's it like for the players? Um, well, I, obviously, I don't know what it's like during the COVID time. I imagine it feels nice to have a little freedom when they're down there. But I do know that any time that I left our home, to play on the road in a warm climate you loved walking to and from the rink because it brought back memories of playoffs because normally when i played in pittsburgh or chicago playoff time was always in nice weather where you wear shorts to practice in the morning and on your off days you'd, you'd be out in the sunshine so anytime you went somewhere nice like that florida california it just brought back just your you just had a good feeling inside you because it reminded you of playoff time so for me, the players are they are just loving the fact that they see a little bit of sunshine, can walk around. And I, I would imagine for some of the stars on the team, for Connor or Leon, just to be able to walk outside with a little freedom, not having, you know, everybody coming at them because they're not as well known down in these types of areas. You know, Rob, it's so true. I mean, I haven't played beer league hockey for several years now, but I did from the time that I was 20 until about 35. And there was nothing like summer pickup hockey, especially at night. You know, I think at Confederation Arena, coming out of there at, you know, 9.30, 10 o'clock at night, sitting in the parking lot, having a pop with the fellas. We're not even, are you even allowed to have beer in the dress? Maybe somebody can answer that for you. You can text us on the Ashley Five Floors uh, text line. You, Bob, you, you can quietly have beers in the dressing room as long as you take your empties in your bag. Okay. So, but, but if you if you get caught, don't say Rob told you that. Okay, Rob Brown. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there you have it. So it's a, a different time. Uh, obviously, you know it's funny. I just I got to get you to hit on this because you're part of some very good teams in Kamloops. I was watching some old Dave Manson highlights, and I came across like, the nineteen eighty <laughs> the, the nineteen eighty five Memorial Cup when Prince out. Now you 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 had just gone into the league in and around the time that they won that first Memorial Cup, didn't you? 
I actually, I, I, I think we lost to them in '85 in the playoffs. I think we lost them okay. in the finals. So I, I, know, I remember playing. So when I played junior, Dave Manson was on PA. I was in Kamloops. We were the two toughest teams in the NA, or in the WHL, Kamloops and, and PA. When we used to play PA, Manson used to play with a guy named Ken Baumgartner. They were defensive partners, and they were both tough and they were scary. There were lines in the Western Hockey League that if they went out on the ice and Manson and Baumgartner were on the ice, they would dump the puck in and they would change. They just they wouldn't stay out there. Both Baumgartner and Manson, if you came down on them, they would just give you this throat punch as you're coming down on them, like just a little jab where you could barely move, couldn't breathe, and you'd have to change. There was one game that we had against PA. In the game, they one of their guys ran Greg Hogg, had cut him wide open. Bill LaForge was our coach, sent five guys out on the power play, our five toughest, and said, beat them up. And then they said their next four, and at the end of the game, there's only three players left on each bench. And we played the last 14 minutes three on three. Did Dave you have Manson red light? Was, Dave Manson was scary. Did you have red light, green light when you were in Kamloops? Did he have that set up? Because he had red light when he coached in the OHL. So this would have been... Because I know he got into it with Dryden uh, when Dryden was coached in the OHL. I, I believe he had red light, green light in the OHL. And if it was green light, that meant his fighters were supposed to fight. Oh, well, we were, yeah, we were expected to fight at times. I, I, my first ever Western Hockey League fight, Bill LaForge said, all right, next shift you're fighting, pick somebody. And I'm like, oh, God, I hope they put out some small guys. Uh, but, yeah, we, I remember we had a brawl in Seattle under the stands. We, we just finished the game. We're all in the dressing room and we heard a big commotion. We all go running out there and uh, we used to call him Coach, Bill LaForge. And, uh, oh, what was the other guy? I think it was Jeff Crawford was his assistant. They yeah, were out yeah he had him in Regina. Brawl. Yep. Yeah, they were out in a brawl in the stands. And then all of a sudden there was us 20 in our hockey equipment fighting under the stands in Seattle. And there, there was police everywhere. There was bodies everywhere. Uh, life was different under Coach. Bill LaForge... Uh, everyone that played for him was, uh, loved him, but you learned uh, you learned how to become a man when Bill LaForge was your coach. Well, Prince Albert had Manny Viveros, who, as you know, was a gifted offensive defenseman. Uh, Pacine was on that team. They had uh, Danny Hodson was a hell of a player. Uh, he was a great hockey player. Well, actually, the, the Edmonton's chief of police, Dale McPhee, was on that he team. He played there. Yep. Yeah. He was there that time, too. <laughs> What do you, uh, tell me, do you believe in scheduling losses, Rob? Like, when you sit there and say the Oilers play, you know, five games in seven days, and they won their first four, and their second of a back-to-back, flying back from Winnipeg, you know, gutted out a 4-2 win. They get a well-rested Minnesota team that have been spanked themselves 6-3 and 6-2. Like, I, I, I had a, I know I was looking up at you, one shift into the game, I was already like, uh-oh. Uh, but do you believe that sometimes teams just have scheduling losses? What do you think of that? Well, yeah, as a, as a player, we never did. But as, a, as someone, now they look back and you sit and watch, the Oilers were tired. And I don't, and I said before the game that night, I don't, back-to-back games don't affect players anymore, but five games and seven nights do. And if you were just betting on a game, someone said, okay, you got to bet your house, this team has had three days off and they're well-rested and this team's playing their fifth game in seven nights, I mean, you're going to bet the house on the team that's rested. So the Oilers were fighting an uphill battle to start with, and then they added to their problems by not playing simple hockey. But, yeah, the yeah. Oilers, it, it, it was way tougher. The Minnesota had advantage, and they, they, they took advantage of it. And the thing is, over the course of the season, 
there's been wins that the Oilers have had where they've had the advantage in the schedule. So it always works out. And as a, the team that wins, you don't mention it. But yeah, it was it was a tough it was a tough game. But to, as, for me now, the way the team is playing, it's a one off. And then you just watch how they respond to it. So that's why these next three games are the measuring sticks because you're playing against the three best teams in the National Hockey League. What have you noticed difference under Jay Woodcroft and Dave Manson? Well, uh, Dave Manson's a mathematician. Uh, to be able to work his defense the way he does and have them all come out fairly close at the end. Uh, I like the seven defense. I really do. I like what they're doing that way. I think the team... Uh, Part of it is the coaching staff implementing, making the uh, defensive style a little simpler. And then part of it's the players buying in because they just got a coach fired and the new guy's coming in asking for a lot of the same things. So they're going out there and they're doing the things, the proper things. They understand that if you want to win, this is what you do. But I think it's the Oilers aren't giving up the grade-A scoring chances against and they're not giving up the odd man rushes. That's what killed them. Over the course, when the Oilers were losing... They were averaging, you know, two, three odd man rushes a period. And I don't care who was playing net for you. They, the goalies cannot be under that kind of stress period after period, shot after shot. So I think defensively they're just giving up way less, which is allowing them to, their goaltenders, to be the goaltenders that they're capable of being. It's crazy, Rob. At the time that Dave Tippett and Jim Playfair were relieved of their duties, the Edmonton Oilers led the league in time on ice spent in the offensive zone and led the league in odd man chances against. Well, you know what, Bob? They're a great example. If you want to see the, what the Oilers, how they were playing, getting themselves into trouble, the Winnipeg game. So when you say that they led, led in the offensive zone, and the Oilers are really good at that, but sometimes they got too excited and then yep. they just went all in and when there's a turnover it goes back the other way odd man rush and a great example was against winnipeg they're on the power play oh, don't even get me started. and then and tyson berry pinches down to just above the hash marks he got too excited the puck gets pushed by him and it's a breakaway a defenseman gets a breakaway and i think that's what you saw too much early it's the Oilers just went all in offensively, and they just forgot the, the core of any team offensively. you got to have a third man high. You always have yeah. to have someone back for, for protecting. If a defenseman pinches, someone's got to go back. And the Oilers weren't doing that. You're seeing that much more under Jay Woodcroft. They're still good offensively. They're still good in the offensive zone, but they're much smarter. There's somebody that's staying in the right position that if a puck bounces or there's a big rebound or if there's a bad break, they're still in good defensive position. 3 nothing game, and Brendan Dillon gets a breakaway. I can live with that, but the second time it happens on that four-minute power play, that's inexcusable. And that's you got to manage the game better than that. That's just oh, part I, of the situation. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Game management, that's something that the Oilers were not good in in the third period against Winnipeg and not great at all against the Minnesota Wild. All right, I want to ask you about Tyler Benson scoring his first goal. We all know the story, you know. Dominant Bantam AAA player, number one pick, WHL Bantam draft. Significant core injuries have sort of derailed his career. Uh, you know, he's he's scored one goal in 30 NHL games. He scores in a 6-1 game. I tap in at the saddle and net. He gave a little love tap after to uh, Kirill Kaprizov. Is that just a byproduct of youth and excitement? Or does he need to read the game situation better there, Rob? What would you say to that? 
Uh, youth and excitement. Um, I think right now he's trying to reinvent himself. I think that's safe to say. He understands he's never going to be a top six forward in the NHL, but he could be an agitator. And I think the new Tyler Benson, the agitator, every time he's out there, he's trying to get under someone's skin. And now he was kind of caught in that moment, the excitement of scoring his first goal. And also there's the other team's best player. I'm going to agitate him while I score the first goal and celebrate. So uh, it wasn't, I saw it. I'm like, he probably didn't need to do it, but he was just caught up in the moment. His, ever since he was a, a, a probably a peewee kid here in, in Edmonton, his goal has been to make the NHL. And there was always expectations and pressures put on him. Things haven't gone as easy as they could have for him or probably should have. So finally to have that opportunity to score your first goal in Edmonton, I think it just was that such a moment, such a relief. Uh, more, I think the excitement was there, but I also think it was a relief that he finally accomplished something that he'd set out to do. Tell me this, Rob, was, was there ever a player that when you played against him used to chirp you all the time, every chance he got, try to get in your grill, get in your kitchen? Just about every player I did. But then again, I was I was just as mouthy. Um, Mark Hardy from the New York Rangers used to always get after me. Ron Hextall challenged me to fight about seven times. You know, you know how tough it is when the other team's goalie's trying to fight you? So those were two of the biggest ones. But I was I was just as mouthy. Everything that I got in my career, physically, uh, I deserved because I was I usually started it. So when they smacked me in the back of the head, uh, yeah, he he should have done that because I probably crossed the line with him too. Uh, you didn't deserve Sylvain Lefebvre though. With down goes Brown, <laughs> did you? No. Well, uh, yeah, probably. I. I ran. I tried running Wendell Clark that game, except he didn't notice, and I bounced off him. Just about broke my neck. But that was uh, Pat Burns sent uh, Sylvain Lefebvre after me. There was a five on five. Everyone was grabbing each other on the ice, and Pat Burns was the coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and he was screaming at Sylvain Lefebvre, "Grab Brown, grab Brown." I'm like, oh, I was looking around for someone smaller. There wasn't, so we squared off center ice, Maple Leaf Garden, Saturday night. And every person I've ever met in my life has seen me get knocked out cold in Maple Leaf Gardens. So, probably well, you fought that open. One too. You didn't, but you didn't just go into a defensive posture. You fought open in that fight. Oh, that's yeah. I, I was gonna fight. If I was gonna go down, I was going down swinging. And Good I for did. You. I went down swinging. Uh, that's funny. And you left. You left your pro career the right way. Just ask Sean Avery. <laughs> well, I told my line mate that night. I said. There's going to be a brawl. Get ready. And he's like, what are you talking about? Said, you all know. And then Sean Avery came across with about five minutes to go in the game, and I cross-checked him accidentally across the teeth. And there was a brawl. But I Rob. felt really good afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you tomorrow night on the Oilers broadcast, okay? Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the sunshine. All right, that's our Inside the Game analyst from the Oilers Radio Network, Rob Brown. It is 148 at Edmonton. We'll take a quick timeout and wrap up Oilers now with this day in Oilers history. Ryan Nugent Hopkins again today, centering Warren Fogle and Derek Ryan. Ryan McLeod was up on the left side with Connor McDavid and Zach Hyman at right wing. Leon Dreisaitl with Evander Kane and Connor Yamamoto. Carl Scott Celeste with Taskwin, Brent Ridgeford in with 10 time Presence Award winners for customer satisfaction. 
He's not just a great guy to deal with, by the way, at Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin, but he also provides me with daily weather updates, which I always appreciate when I'm on the road. Right? That's Uncle Bill. Right now, the best way to get a vehicle is to custom order one. Discounts are available from both Brent Ridge Ford and Ford Motor Company on most custom orders. Get the exact equipment and colors you want. Reach out to Uncle Melt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang, one 877 3673 or visit Brentridge.com. We're going to go to List Dan Oilers History. It's presented daily by New West Travel. If you're looking for a great Oilers road trip, fly nonstop Nashville. It's an April trip. Hopefully, uh, things will have considerably opened up by then, both into the United States and returning from the U.S. Get a chance to see the Oilers play the Predators four nights in the hotel. Uh, game tickets, we're going to have a couple of events around it as well. And you fly direct with Flair Airlines, $1,750. Call New West Travel or go online at newwesttravel.com. And here is Brendan Escott. 1984, Wayne Gretzky ties his own NHL record from 1981-82. With his 10th hat trick of the season, he scored four goals and an assist. Four and a helper as the Oilers hammered the Penguins 9-2 in Pittsburgh. It was Gretzky's second four-goal game in two days. Brendan, all I'm going to tell you is if you were an Edmonton kid, 1984 was an awesome year. And I know you weren't around then. And there's days that I feel bad for maybe people that are, you know, under the age of, uh, you know, 30, say 33 or so. But it was an incredible time to watch. Jeez, I guess it'd be 38 years ago now uh, to watch the uh, Edmonton Oilers win the Stanley Cup that first year. It was gold. And you know what? I think the fans knew how lucky we were. Uh, maybe they were a little bit nervous about playing the Islanders that year in the playoffs. I remember I was watching uh, Game 5 of the Rangers in the Islanders series. I think Ken Morrow scored in overtime and Barry Breck separated his shoulder in that game for the Rangers. Is that my cousin Michael's place? We're like, oh, because we didn't want the Islanders to, to get out. And then, lo and behold, the Oilers wrestled the title away from the Islanders afterwards. It was awesome. This day in Oilers history brought to you by New West Travel. Looking for a great road trip flying nonstop with Nashville, Flair Airlines, Smashville, Smash Vegas, Nash Vegas. The Oilers and the Nashville Predators for just $1,750. Call New West Travel or go online at newwesttravel.com. All right, 154 in Edmonton. We have a full show for you tomorrow. Complete preview of the Oilers and the Tampa Bay Lightning with former Lightning general manager, now with the NHL Network, Brian Lawton. Political affairs columnist and cult of hockey writer from the Edmonton Journal, David Staples. Sounds like the... Now, has the Premier done his uh, media availability here yet to update everybody on what's going to happen by March 1st? Has that happened yet back in Edmonton? Dead. Not 100% on that one. All right, I think it's coming. Uh, NHL insider John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling as well. Reed Wilkins has Inside Sports tonight. I know one of his guests will be me. Who else has he got on? Greg McTavish and Pat oh. Steinberg from Sportsnet 960 down in Calgary. Well, he's got two guys that know what they're talking about. That's good, obviously. You know what's funny with Calgary? I don't even think the guys in Calgary thought the Flames were going to be pretty good. I did. Up next, the global news weather traffic update with Raya LaHue, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3, then the 6.30 chat afternoons with guest host Ted Henry. Back at you tonight when I join Reed. So long, everybody, from now on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.